My name is Brad, and I'm the lead pastor here at Hillside Church, and I want to thank you for listening to one of our messages from Hillside Church. We believe that the God who spoke so clearly all through the pages of Scripture is still speaking today. So if it's me speaking or if it's someone else, we pray that the message you are about to hear would allow you to know God, know His hope, know His purpose, and know His power. Enjoy the message. This week we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, if you'd like to follow along in your Bibles with us today, that's, that's the text we're, we're going to be looking at is, is a chunk of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This week we're going to begin a new sermon series. Uh, and it's a sermon series that I think has become, that, that is, be, has become and is becoming so very important because we're going to cover something over the next few weeks that I think is something that we thought we all knew. Um, up until about 17 months ago, um, we all, everything we thought we knew about what church was and what church wasn't, all of that suddenly had to change. We, we would say things and, and we would say, and, and everyone would say amen and we would agree and it was a profound truth for us and we would say the church is not the building. And then we couldn't go to the building anymore. And suddenly our relationship with church, because of this space, suddenly it was different. The church is not the building, but when we can't go to the building, what is the church? The modern church, today's church, was, was suddenly thrust along with just about every other part of our life. It wasn't just the church. It was just about everything into chaos. And suddenly we were forced to reckon with and try to understand everything we thought we knew about so many things in a different light. And church was absolutely one of those things. We would say things like, I'm going to church. Except we weren't able to go to church. So what does that mean? Are you going to church? Which church do you go to? And suddenly the ideas expressed in those phrases seem, seem to mean something a little bit different. And we were forced to confront and deconstruct some of the things that, that our ideas of, of church contained, both for good and, and for bad. When we thought about church, when we interacted with church, what did we mean by church? And now even as we're coming back to church and so maybe some things have changed for us. Maybe some ways that we think about the church have changed. Maybe our relationship with church has changed. The way we see our church and our place inside of the church, maybe it's changed. And so I want, what I want to do is I want to head back to the pages of Scripture and look at what the Bible has to say about this thing. What we are, why, why all of this, this matters, we, we're going to explore some of the roles and relationships that we're, gonna, that we're called to have, called to be as this thing called the church. And, and even bigger than that, even bigger than just what we are called to be, we're going to talk about what this thing, what we as the church 
are called to be. And e each week we're going to take a look and we're going to answer the question, what is the church each week? And each week we're going to have an answer to that question and we're going to have five answers to that question as we move, move through this. And this week, the answer to the question is that we're, going to, that we're going to talk about today. The answer to the question, what is the church? Today we're going to talk about the church is a body. The church is a body. It's a metaphor that, that's used in multiple places and in multiple ways all throughout Scripture. It's, it's a place that Paul, or an, a metaphor that Paul would return to time and again, that he would talk about in many of his different writings about how, how the church is like a body and would give different contexts. But, but probably the most famous, the most standard place to, to talk about this concept is, is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is where Paul goes into the most depth about it. This is where Paul unpacks it the most. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. But actually what I want to do is I want to, I want to begin by taking a look at the very last verse of our text this morning. We're going to, and we're going to start at verse 27. Then we're going to jump back up and then work back down. But, but it's important that we start with verse 27, because even as we talk about the church as a body, there's a very important principle that we need to know and understand about what that means specifically for us. So verse 27 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And so what we need to know about you, about me, about us, about we, about the church, both this church, Hillside Church, and the larger church, the capital C church, the, the greater institution of the church, is that we are the body of Christ. And it's important that we start there because it can get so easy to get lost in the, the minutia of the metaphor of the body and all that it symbolizes for us. And we're going to do that in a moment. We're going to dig deep into all that Paul has to say. And he talks about this, this metaphor of the body in, in pretty intricate detail. But it's important to remember that we are not a body. We are not just some body. We are not just using the human body as a metaphor. But as we talk about the church as a body, we are not just a body. We are the body of Christ. And that's important because as we, as we walk through what that means for us to be a body, us being the body of Christ gives us a greater purpose. Our human bodies really only serve one purpose. Each part of our body really only serves one, one purpose. R remain in operating order. That that's what we expect of our bodies. Is, is, is what I expect of my heart is to do nothing more than to do its job. What I expect of my liver is for it to do nothing more than to do its job. I don't expect them to take on grander purposes. Larger, I don't look at my heart and say, it's great that you're doing your job, but, but don't you think there's something more out there for you? Something bigger? Yes, you're doing your job and it's great and I'm thankful for 40 years of a faithful beating heart. But don't you think there's a bigger role that you could be playing? Don't you think there's more? Our body's job is to really just not stop working. Our hearts, our brains, our livers, our adrenal glands, our appendix, our baby toe, whatever part of the body you want to talk about, it doesn't have this grander purpose other than to just do what it was created to do. 
And that's why, we, that's why it's important that we come back to not just being a body, but being the body of Christ. Because our job as a church, as we're going to talk about in a moment, the connections and contributions that we make to the church for the church as the body of Christ is not just merely for the existence of the church. That, that the roles we play inside of the church, that the things that God has called us to do and be, it's not just so the church can exist. It's not just so that, that, that this thing that we have, we, that we can gather together. It, it, it's the opposite of, of like my heart. There, there is a bigger purpose. We don't just have worship so that we can just have worship because it's what we're supposed to have. It's not just it fulfilling its role. It's not merely just for the existence of our church. The purpose of the church is not to just merely exist. But because we're not just a body, but the body, the body of Christ, we have a bigger purpose. We have the purpose of Christ. And so what did Jesus say his purpose was? Because as we become his body, now his purpose, it's our purpose. And so what did Jesus say about why he came? What did Jesus say about why he was here? Why did, what did Jesus say about his purpose? Well, in Luke chapter 19, Jesus says, For the Son of Man, that's Jesus talking about himself, came to seek and save the lost. We are to be bringing Jesus to a lost world. The ministry of Jesus through his physical body on earth is continued in the ministry of his body, the church. The work of the body of Christ, the work of the church, is to, as a body, bring healing to the brokenhearted, give deliverance to the captives, to open the eyes of the blind, to preach the good news to the poor. This is what Jesus did, and this is what Jesus continues to do through his body, the church. Our purpose is to not merely just exist. It's not not to die like the parts of our body. But unlike our bodies, this body has a larger purpose than just existence. Because we are the body of Christ. And we've been given the same purpose that Jesus had. To seek and to save the lost. And so as we talk about everything we're going to talk about today, it's not in light of just to fulfill your purpose in seeing the church live and not die. But it's understanding that, that as the body of Christ, that we have a larger purpose, that, that we have a grander purpose. It's understanding that as part of the body of Christ, it's hopefully leading us to fulfill and to complete our greater purpose. We, we are a people who have been empowered by the Holy Spirit through the gifts that God has given us, not just to help my church exist, but greater than that, to fulfill the purpose of Jesus, to seek and to save the lost. So let's dig into to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's see what these verses have to say to us. So if we jump back up to verse 12, that's where we're going to begin to sort of walk through this morning. Paul writes, Just as a body, the one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For, for we are baptized by one spirit, and so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. 
Even so, the body is made up of uh, made up of one part, but of the even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So the first thing that I want to pull out of, of this text, after we've, we've established that we're not a body, but we're the body, the first thing we need to understand about being the body is that the church, like our body, while it, it may be one, one church, the parts and the people are many. It may not always be many numerically, it's not, and it doesn't just mean numerically, it's not that there are just a number of us, but there, there are many parts inside the church. We, we are not placed into the church in the body of Christ to all conform to one thing, to one idea, to one purpose. Which means that each member plays a, a unique and plays a critical role in the entire health of the body. What that says to us is that you may think that your presence here at Hillside has perhaps little to no impact on the church as a whole. That you may think, what do I do? I, I don't do anything. I don't, I, it doesn't matter whether or not I go. I make no difference. What these verses lay out for us is, while that may be true from your perspective, and it may also be true from other people's perspectives, they may look at you and go, what do they do? But from a biblical understanding and the miraculous reality in Scripture of the incarnate God that comes and dwells within us, we see that every, every member of the body plays into the health of the body. That this speaks to the fact that you do not have your relationship with God in isolation. And so as part of the body, whether you feel like you contribute anything or not, your very presence here contributes to the body on a spiritual, supernatural level. This metaphor is such a, a powerful one because it speaks to the supernatural truth that every person in the body of Christ has a crucial role in the body to being able to fulfill its purpose and to be in health. We are the body of Christ, and, and we need each other. And these verses tell us that. We read more about this, in, in, starting in verse 15, where it says, Now, if the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. Of the body. And if we jump down, if you just want to jump down to verse 21, Paul will continue this theme when he says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And these, these verses, Paul shows us actually two attitudes that, that we can have as parts of the body that can actually hurt the health and the wholeness of the body. The first, the first attitude that Paul says, be careful of, as you look at the body and you look at your place in it, Paul says, be careful about insecurity. The belief that my, my part to play, what I do, my role, where because I'm not a hand, I don't belong. I don't have anything to offer. Paul talks about these parts of the body by comparing them to themselves and saying, well, I'm, I'm not that, so it doesn't matter. 
It's desiring to be something else inside of the body. Wishing that you could be the one up here who's singing. Thinking that because I preach on most Sundays that, that I really matter more. It's that belief that somehow God has a leveled system of love and gifts. And that perhaps you see yourself on the bottom level. But here's the thing. We just read it. Every person in the body of Christ contributes to its health. To the fulfillment of the body of Christ's mission. See, God knew what he was doing when he created you. When he built you. And scripture will say that he built you, that he knew you before the foundations of the earth were put in place. That's a lot of time to get you right. And if you know it or not, God did that. He got you right. Exactly right. And you don't end up here because of your own accord. You came here because the Spirit drew you. You were part of this body, not just because it was convenient, a convenient location for you to come to, but you're here because God wants to use you to fulfill his purpose and plan for this body. Every member of the body plays a significant role. Now, the second attitude that Paul highlights here is the flip side of insecurity. It's, it's where it says, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. It's not insecurity, it's independence. It's the belief that I don't really need a community. That I don't need other people around me to be part of a body. But we can look at our role and what we do and think that our role is what, or our role and what we do is exactly what the body of Christ should be doing. We can see our part in the body and think, yeah, this is it. This is what the body should be. The body should be feet. As a foot, I believe that the body should be feet. And if you're not a foot, get out. We don't need you. We decided that the way we think, the way we want to see the body operate, that's the way things should be. And so if you're not a foot, fine, but that's the real body. It's the feet. The real way the body of Christ needs to operate, it's, it's the way that I see it. And if you don't see it my way, we don't need you. You like this? You like it that way? Too bad. I don't like it, so we don't need it. You don't like that? Well, that's too bad because I do. And if you don't, see ya. You think that we should change the way that we're, we're operating? Well, this is the best way that we could possibly operate. And if you don't like it, get out. That's a spirit of independence. It's a spirit that says, I have it figured out. This is what the body should be because this is what I am. This is what the church should do because this is what I like. And instead of saying, hey, maybe there's room for, for something else, we, we can have this attitude of independence that there's one thing. And it's important for us to understand that we're not all the same. We are all different. And it's actually in that difference that the body finds its health. Paul, not a doctor but yet makes these very careful you know, health observations. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? 
If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. This is such a challenging and wonderful piece of scripture. Because what it shows us is probably counterintuitive to what many of us think. But what it shows us is that our uniqueness as individuals is supposed to bring us unity. It's in our coming together, in our differences, that we will actually make us a healthier body. That if we all operated the same, thought the same, did the same things, where would our body be? That, if, you know, it's, it's not hard to say that if my whole body was an eye, made up of all eyes, like Paul talks about, it doesn't work. That I need to have all of these different pieces doing all of their own different things in order for my body to live. And so the unique parts of my body, even though none of them do the same thing and none of them see the world and the way that they operate inside of it the same, it's their uniqueness that makes my body function. And it's the same for our church. It's our uniqueness that makes us or it's our uniqueness that gives us a better opportunity for health and for effectiveness. Each member is distinct, unique, irreplaceable, unrepeatable, and completely necessary. See, here's how this function functionally works itself out in, inside of our body. Inside of, inside of, inside of, this, inside of this body. As a part of the church, there's probably something you're very passionate about. Parts of church, parts of theology, parts of the gospel and how it intersects life that just gets you going. Maybe you have a heart for, for justice and for social justice. And you just can't understand and get frustrated that others cannot see the importance of the church being all about justice. This is what it means to be a Christian because Jesus was all about justice. Or maybe you're all about prayer. And you believe that it's, it's the most important thing that the church could possibly do is to gather together to pray because Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. Or, or maybe it's, it's the reading of the Bible and the study of Scripture. Because Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And how do we know the truth? Through the study of the pages of Scripture. But maybe it's the discipleship that, that you think, that no, that, that is the most important thing. What did Jesus tell us to do? He said, go into all the world and make what? Disciples. So that's what the church has to do. Actually, no, we need to be about evangelism and new people. It's not a, part, it's not a matter of who is, a, who is a part of Hillside Church now. It's about who isn't and how do we get them here. Remember, Jesus said the reason he came was to seek and to save the lost. So that should be our number one priority. No, no, no. Church is all about togetherness and community and connection and unity. It's about family and relationship. Because Jesus said the way that the world will know that you're my disciples is by the way that you love one another. 
And so we as a church, we need to be about loving each other extravagantly, giftedly, being involved in every way. And to all of these, as the pastor, I say yes. You're right. Because the church is actually all about Jesus. And all of these are a part of who Jesus is. Jesus is about all of these things, and he's about more than just that. But I figured that analogy would start to get a little old after a while. But here's the thing. The church is to be about all of these things. But it's not through this concept or this idea of the church that these things are going to happen. But it's through the body, it's through the parts, it's through us fulfilling our role inside the church. That if all of the parts of my body say, you know, as a body we should really be about pumping blood. But my heart doesn't do it. It doesn't matter that all, we have all the good intentions. The minute my heart starts pumping body, or starts, stops pumping blood, even if all the other parts of my body agree, that is something that should be happening right now. The body's will to see it happen doesn't matter if that part isn't doing its job. It's through us that these things take place. Jesus has uniquely gifted each of us to care about different aspects or different facets of the gospel. And so if you come and say, Brad, why don't you spend enough time talking about the things I'm passionate about? It's because I'm simply one member of the whole body. And that's why God knew that Brad and Hillside Church needed you. To have other conversations. And to have other priorities that God hasn't simply given to me. It's so that you can be passionate about that thing in the context of our community. And so if you've ever said, thought, pondered, or been frustrated, because why isn't the church doing more about? Why doesn't the church care more about? Why doesn't this matter more to the church? I would ask those same questions back to you. God has placed this thing on your heart. It's a passion for you. It matters to you. So yeah, why aren't we doing more of that? In these moments, it's actually us seeing our function. You're seeing your role in the body. You're seeing your purpose for being here. When something stands out to you and says, hey, the church is missing on this, that's God working through you. It's you seeing through the eyes that God has given to you. And so just because my natural bent as the pastor may not be to, to do and see things the same way you do, don't hold it against me if I don't have the same passions as you because that's the reason you're here. To walk in your passions given to you by God. We need you to remind us why those things are important. So that I can also remind you about the things I care about. And someone else can remind us both about the things they care about. And then together as a body, 
we find ourselves well-rounded and complete. See, we don't want a, a homogenous church that only cares about one thing or cares about a couple of things. We don't all need to be evangelists. Now, the Bible does say that we're each to do the work of an evangelist. But to be a fully effective church, we need more than just evangelists. We don't need Hillside to only be about social justice. But we should care about justice. Not everyone is going to be all about prayer. But for some, this is the lifeline for you. For each of us, there's going to be these deep driving force connections to different aspects of church and the gospel. See, in order for us, in order for our body to work, we need each part of our body to do the part it was created to do. The minute it stops doing its job, the minute it thinks it no longer matters, our bodies, our physical bodies, go into crisis when one small thing stops doing its job. It can do untold damage on the entire rest of the body. Your appendix that seemingly serves no purpose, the minute it stops, stops doing nothing properly, you got to go to the hospital. Even if you say, it serves nothing, it does nothing, the minute it stops doing nothing, it's a health crisis. And it's the same for our church. For us to be a healthy, whole, complete, well-rounded body, doing the work we have been called to do, it takes all of us. All of us come in our messy, complicated, frustrating, weird, relying on forgiveness kind of stuff. Each of us all wired differently, all being used by God as God created us, empowered by the Holy Spirit, fulfilling our God-given roles. And when we fulfill our God-given roles, the church fulfills its God-given role as the body of Christ. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you haven't called each one of us to just simply be that you haven't called each one of us to come, but it doesn't really matter. But God, I thank you that supernaturally, through your incarnate presence in our lives, God, as you knit this body together, we discover that it's not that no one matters or that some don't matter, but we discover that because of Christ in us, we all matter so very deeply. And God, I want to begin to, to pray for those who would, who would echo the sentiment that I don't matter. I don't, I don't have anything to offer. I don't do anything. I come and nobody notices me. God, I pray that in this moment, God, that they would know that they matter deeply, not just to the church, but they matter deeply to you. That you see them and, and that their presence in, in a service matters because they bring the presence of God with them. And so, God, I pray that you would help us to be able to be assured of our place inside the body. But, God, I pray that you would help us not to become too assured to where we begin to, to become independent and we begin to think that my way is the right way, my way is the only way, that the way I see and understand the gospel is the only way forward. 
But God, I pray that we would be able to have grace for those who say, but what about this? What if we did that? What if we sang that? What if we, what if we read that? What if we did this? That somehow that wouldn't be an attack on the body, but that we would recognize it's the liver doing the liver while I'm being the heart. That each part of the body would be represented in a way that would allow us to be whole and complete. God, you promised that you would build your church and that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. And God, you don't build your church any other way than through the body and through the people of the church. And so, God, I thank you that you've promised that you will build your church through the people that call this church home. And we are just so excited to see all that you're going to do in us and through us as we begin this next year, as we begin the the 30th year of our existence. God, would you allow us as a church to, to see the new heights that you're going to bring us to through the people, a part of this congregation. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. To the one holding the needle, to the one holding the knife, to the one who feels invisible and lost the light inside those eyes, to the one stuck in the balance between hopelessness and life, there is room at the cross for you. There is room at the altar, there is room at the pew, there is room at the table, a place for me and for you. It's not about being someone else, it's healing and being true, there is room at the cross for you. To the one holding the bottle, to the one holding the bag, to the one lost in the vapors of working hard to please fake friends, to the one who seeks acceptance from the fickleness of man, there is room at the cross for you. Is there is room at the altar, there is room at the pew, there is room at the table, a place for me and for you. It's not about being someone else, there's healing and being true. There is room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Though millions have come.
Oh, you. 